If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at studioredmedia.com. Welcome to Key Tea with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today we're talking a little bit about everything. Ryan. Todd, how you been? Good. I haven't seen you in like a week because yeah. we're all quarantining ourselves mm-hmm. here in Rome, Georgia. And I'm going to say, I'm, it's despite being a homebody, yeah. I kind of am starting to miss human beings. <laughs> I am not. You're not? Nope. You're loving it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I. It's really funny because I was having that thought yesterday and I was like, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people who call themselves homebodies are like, you know. I I'm ready to see people and like like you said yeah I'm like no I I just further confirms the fact that I think I really could just live in a cabin. And just You're just okay a hermit that. all the for, way. For a long time I was like I'm gonna be real with myself. I probably would need to see people after a while. No, I'm pretty convinced that I think I'd just completely disappear and I'd be okay with that. You could, you could just be that hermit author yeah. who just yeah hangs like out JD, all by himself. J D Salinger is like my ultimate like dream to be where you know you just make one hit book and then you just disappear and you live in a small town and no one really knows who you are and you keep to yourself and you got your money rolling in from your book you know yeah. the book that causes you know john lennon to get shot that's my dream <laughs> <laughs> catch you in the right hey if it means that um we don't have that horrible movie called yesterday <laughs> I'd be okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> JD Salinger, it's the reason. Um, no, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I continue to interact with people when I don't want to. I think that's my problem, is that I'm still seeing people. Like, how are you still seeing people? Well, I had besides to get, me right now, right? Well, I had to get my windshield replaced, oh, gotcha. and so you had to interact with those yeah. people, and then uh, taxes had to like figure out the tax stuff. I didn't see the tax people, but I had the email. <laughs> and that's interacting with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think most people would be like, no, no, that's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i not saying that I'm like, I'm not really missing like the public. Right. I'm missing my friends and family. Your friends and family, because yeah. Because usually at this point, I would have seen my family or friends one weekend over yeah. the last six weeks. Wow. I mean, I would have seen at least, I guess, would have at one, at some point one week and I would have gone and driven and seen one of my friends or gone and seen a movie or gone and seen my family. So it's like, I don't see people a lot, but the little bit that I do see them, it's like, it's been long enough now that I'm realizing, oh man, I've missed that one interaction that I normally have. Yeah. Now, now you're starting to understand a little what like my everyday life is like, like, you not seeing people is is like my normal life. What do you mean? Like going out and seeing people on the weekend? I don't normally do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, even you will still like get together with people like, you know, friends in town. Yeah. or And that's mainly because my friends in town want to get together with me. <laughs> <laughs> like as much as I love everyone and I enjoy hanging out, I think... I oftentimes hang out with the people with an obligation to be a good friend. Oh. But now that those, you know, those social norms are have gone. Been, exactly. Then I'm like, this is ideal. Now, the real question is, do you think you'll ever shake somebody's hand again? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, really? Because I've heard a lot of people where they're saying we should stop shaking hands. No, that's dumb. Wash your hands. I think. You, you, you really? Yeah. You're a, a, a four. Yeah. I was surprised by that. I'm a physical physical touch guy. Yeah, you know I know. But like, I like to touch 
Yeah, I but like even shaking hands with stream, like people like on like shoots and stuff. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Now, I mean, I hope going forward we all are now socially more conscious to sh- to wash hands. Yeah. To be more hygienic, and so like that should give us reason to shake hands and once again like also like if i shake someone's hands i don't lick my hand afterwards right you know like i do you lick your hand when after not shaking people's hands oh yeah absolutely every day (laughs) really put my hand like winnie the pooh with honey like (laughs) just just everything i (laughs) (laughs) uh do it in public a lot does that make me piglet in this story or tigger (laughs) no you're eeyore (laughs) so true no, no, no. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I mean, I think if anything, we'll turn, we'll be, that's kind of been the conversation, right? Of like, you know, people always talked about like Asia wearing masks and all that stuff. And I was like, they wore masks because they've gone through this before. Yeah. Like they had SARS. SARS was really bad. And so, of course, like if someone got sick, you wear a mask. You go on a plane, you wear a mask. Like, I think if I go on a plane now, I probably wear a mask. Now that it's like more socially acceptable and yeah. all that because like I would always get sick when I went on a trip because it's a like now it's really a petri dish. Yeah, it is. It's just nasty. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like, I would be okay if we stop touch, uh, stop shaking hands. Yeah. To be honest, um, I mean, I'm all for like hugging friends and you know interacting with like you know your loved ones and people that are close, but like the whole like business professional thing of like shaking hands with yeah. everybody, it's like you know most of those people do not have clean hands, right? Well, so I, if that like went out. Out yeah. of out of fashion, that would yeah. be totally fine. I think it will be more accessible when you say, "I don't, I would rather not shake hands." I yeah, but if you have to say it, it's still not like I would like it yeah. to just end. Yeah, <laughs> like me and the the social obligation. Yes, like you exactly. Just, just want it known that like we don't need to be around. Yeah, people. like hey guys, we don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, right. there's nothing that's going to change our business professional interaction yeah. because we did or did not shake hands. Yeah. Maybe you can just nothing's look done them on direct- a handshake anymore, yeah. anyways. Yeah, in the future, like someone can uh, reach out to you, you can maybe just give them that knowing look. Yeah, or maybe really? I can do the like I put my hand out and then I put it up in my hair real fast and go psych, it's psych, and then you wash your hands vigorously. <laughs> yeah. So there's blood coming out. And I, just, yeah, I just put a ton of Purell on my hands immediately, just all over your body. Now, I mean, it, it's funny. We um, uh, another side effect of everything that's happening. Ali and I watched uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, or yeah. day after tomorrow, edge of tomorrow, edge of tomorrow is what they changed the name to. I think. Uh, live die repeat is what they live die repeat. Name. Yeah, that's yeah. what they changed the name to. And it was called Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, and apparently that was too confusing for people. Yeah, where which... people are that. Well, what happened is it came out in theaters. Supposedly, what? Right. I mean, who knows? But yeah. this is supposedly what I've learned uh, or heard is that it came out in theaters and it didn't do well. Yeah. Because everybody thought like they missed publicized it yeah. in, the, in the trailer and yeah. the marketing and stuff and they made it seem like a movie that it wasn't but then people who went and saw it were all like this is a really good movie it's a great movie and so then when it went to like you know streaming box you know uh home video home, on demand yeah, video on yeah. demand whatever whatever you want to call it, what it currently is it used to be called yeah. vhs yeah. blockbuster <laughs> stuff like that home none rental. of that exists yeah. anymore uh but uh they then renamed it yeah hoping that people would think it was a new movie. Yeah. Like, oh, is this a new movie by Tom Cruise? I don't know anything about this. And then they try to like redo the marketing. Yeah. But Live, Die, Repeat is such a worse name Yeah. than Edge, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge, Edge of, of Tomorrow, tomorrow is great. like such a cool... It's a great like, name. Yeah. yeah. Like those those three words 
is like a perfect way. I had to double check and make sure there were three words in Edge yeah. of Tomorrow. I was like, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, three. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, it's such like a, it says so much. Yeah. Where because like, that's the whole premise of the movie. It's yeah. like, it is the Edge of Tomorrow. Like, that's right. the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Where like, live, die, repeat is like so bland. Yeah. Anyways, well, what was your point of the story? Yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, we have realized from simply watching our own government be inept at doing anything during the last couple months, that was the biggest thing. Is like they were so prepped for this alien invasion. They had their robot suits and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't think this is possible. I really don't think the government would be able to get their stuff together this quickly and have like civilians fighting and you know like yeah. the way they did all that i was like no if an alien invasion came like we'd just be dead oh for sure you know because they had to, the it wasn't just that we used our own weapon they had to make new and improved you know they had the mech suits like they had to adapt to the aliens coming in but like knowing how slow it takes for anything to happen now i was like within a couple of months like the aliens would have just like destroyed us like we don't have well, it depends on how advanced the aliens are. Well, these aliens are Oh, very yeah, those aliens Yeah, were, I mean, that's sure. the whole thing with yeah. the movie. You're, you're talking about in the premise of that world. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was, the, that was the thing. It's that the aliens are so fast, you know, like they're just like these crazy. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think we would just die. I think yeah. now knowing how slow in a global pandemic everyone's working, yeah, we'd just be dead. So it really changes the way you look at like, Whereas before, we always kind of thought, oh, our military is so quick that, of course, they would do this. You know, we right. had this kind of invincible idea of our, you right. know, but then you're reading the stories of the aircraft carrier and right. soldiers dying on that and, you know, the ineptitude of our army and our Navy and yeah. because of our leaders and stuff like that. It's just interesting. Yeah, know. you realize how, how the system that we rely on every day is very broken Yeah, uh, when something big comes across. Yeah. It's uh, fragile. That it can, yeah, it's fragile. Maybe broken is not a good term, but fragile. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was, for me, uh, like, I'm not having as much of, like, a wake-up moment to that with this because of the snowpocalypse that happened in right. Atlanta. Yeah. Like, that, to me, was, like, a moment in my life that I was like, holy smokes, yeah. a snowstorm is all it took yeah. for this to happen? That, and then, uh, remember when the gas went out? They had the gas leakage yeah. here. Yeah, and, here in Rome. Yeah. Or, or over in Alabama. Yeah, and, like, yeah. everything was out, yeah. Yeah, I think, again, the snow apocalypse, I mean, it's just like that blew my mind seeing all these pictures of where there was like thousands of cars abandoned on the highway and yeah. people went and slept in like, you know, Walmart and yeah. Home Depot and yeah. random off. And I'm like, how, like, yeah. what? You yeah. know, and it, like, that was like what blew my mind. And I was like, and the fact that it took them like multiple days to get that all taken care of. And yeah. it was snow. Yeah. Snow, snow. You know, it wasn't even like that big of a deal. Yeah. 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 The and that ju- and that just showed me like man if our like system yeah. that we use every single day to to you know make money pay our bills see family see friends live our lives do life yep. was like that fragile that a snowstorm could ruin it yeah in Atlanta yeah you know it's not like this is like a small town yeah, it's a major city it's a major city yeah, yeah yeah exactly so that was definitely the one that um and especially in a country where, like, a lot of our cities have snow. Yeah, and it's so not we like we're in the like, middle yeah. of Africa where yeah. we've never seen snow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is an infrastructure that, like, many people who live in Atlanta are from Illinois. Yeah. And we all know. Like, that was the yeah. thing. It's you drive like, six hours north, and it's yeah. like everybody knows how to deal with this. Yeah, I remember at a Kroger, like, they were checking out, and the lady was like, you know, don't go down this road. Like, a whole bunch of cars have gone out. And 
And the thing that they use, like in Illinois, we have salt reserves because snow is inevitable. We do it. They use gravel here. Like that was the thing that blew my mind as well. It's just like, oh yeah, we really, really, really were so unprepared. For yeah. This. And not like we hadn't had a big snow in Atlanta. We'd had that big snow back in like the seventies, right? The nineties. Yeah, in the nineties. Yeah, not even yeah. that long ago. So it's just like the inaction of our leaders and yeah. our infrastructure. Amazing. So yeah. It, going forward, obviously now because we have had snow since the snow apocalypse, and like I feel like. We're a little more Yeah, prepared. I mean, every time, you know, and it's going to be the same thing, obviously, with the coronavirus. It's yeah. like when we come out of this, we won't run hospitals to where they have these, like, razor-sharp um, capacities. Yeah. You know, where it's like everything's about budget and cutting budgets and yeah. saving money. And so we're not going to have extra respirators or we're not going to have extra beds or we're yeah. not going to have extra hallways or of rooms available because why would we do that? You know? And it's like, we won't do that anymore yeah. because yeah. of this. And you know, after the snow apocalypse is like, I think they only had like a handful of like, of like trucks, yeah, snow trucks. Yeah. So they're like, we just don't have the capacity to like maintain the roads yeah. during with this kind of snow. And it's like, well now I bet they didn't, I bet they have those trucks. Down, oh, they do. And I know? remember it. And they yeah. probably do have salt where yeah. it's like, I know people in the South don't, they don't like to buy used cars that they're from the North since salt, eats away at the yeah. car. Yeah. So that's why they probably have like gravel and sand and stuff yeah. that's like a little bit easier on the cars. Yeah. But it's also not as good at dealing with the snow. I was going to say, leaving most... your car out on a highway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Banning your car <laughs> yeah. on 75 is also not good for your car. So it's also like interesting that like they, uh, I bet, again, it's like, oh, well, we've only had to deal with this most of the time. So let's not worry about anything worse than that. Yeah. And whenever that worse than thing happens, then all of a sudden everybody's like, yep, we're going to make sure we're always prepared now for at least that. Yeah. Until 20 years happens and then people forget and yeah. slowly, you know, the budget hawks come in and push everything back down. And yeah. Those snow trucks aren't as necessary and they've sat there for 10 years and never been needed. And then boom, all of a sudden we need them again and we don't have them. Yeah. I mean, it's really like human beings are genuinely the worst yeah. at lear learning lessons yeah. and keeping them. Moving and, forward. and taking responsibility, yeah. <laughs> As we see, you know, let's defund the World Health Organization because it was their fault, not ours. And it's like, eh, it was, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can't claim absolute power and then blame someone else. So it'll be interesting to see what actually comes out of it. Something I was, I was listening to, watching on YouTube, the um, the New York governor, uh, mm -hmm. Kumu, Kumu, yeah. and. Um, him hearing him talk about he was kind of talking about like okay you know nine eleven changed the country uh obviously there's things that are annoying about it now but like the security increases and the things that are all good for us yeah. and good for the country to now have in place that we never would have thought would have happened but nine eleven kind of forced their hand and made it to where it wasn't as a big of a political liability to try to like push through some of these kind of things yeah and he's like you know when we, people keep saying, when are we going to get back to normal? And he's like, we don't want to go back to what we yeah. were before. We want to learn from this, yep. you know, and even like a lot of people have died yeah. and it's, and we, to some degree should make their sacrifice worth it by making a better tomorrow, yeah. not going back to what we had before yeah. this all happened. And so he was kind of describing, he's like, what, we don't know what that is, but he's like, we should start thinking about that and talking about that. Like what, what should we make yeah. the country be like now? And what can lessons can we take from this to like make the country better? And what, what things can we do now politically that we've been talking about for years, but haven't been able to do things like income equality and, 
and healthcare quality and things like that. So it's just really, I think it'll be interesting to see yeah. uh, what the country will look like in two years. Yeah. When all of this has settled, we do finally have a vaccine. It's no longer a risk in the same way it is now. And finally, once people can take a breath, then they're all going to start arguing about what we should have done. Yeah. And hopefully some good stuff will come out of that. Yeah. That will actually make it to where stuff like this isn't as, you know, where something like this can't happen yeah. as easily in the future. Yeah. I mean, Mark Cuban was talking about using like augmented reality to just like show like for stadiums and stuff like that, where you could look with your camera and it would have the data to show you when it was last cleaned, when, you know, like yeah. kind of like the hygienic thing like that. So like, you know, if you are worried about going into a place and it's super hygienic, grab your camera and look around and it's showing this surface was clean and this time this, you know, so there's a little thing like that just to like kind of keep people accountable because yeah. the reality is when a, as we know, when vaccines come out, not everyone's going to have a vaccine, not going to take it because measles is back, you know, because right. polio is back. Like it's insane what's happening. And so people are going to eventually, I mean, I was on a conference call with, uh, with some family members, not, you know, family members in law. And one of them mentioned kind of in a way that felt like he didn't really believe it's going on where he was like, does anyone that actually have any know of anyone that actually has this kind of accusing the fact like this is all a hoax, the whole coronavirus. Yeah. 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 And it was like, if it's happening now, yeah. You know, if they're calling this a hoax now when we're in the midst of it, yeah, what's going to happen? What's after? Gonna, yeah, exactly. When everything yeah. goes back to normal. Yeah. I never saw, I didn't know anyone that had it. Yeah. I never got to, you know, and that's where I'm almost like, we need to, like, there's a reason why Eisenhower had them go in and take pictures of the concentration camps because he knew that no one would believe this. Yeah. And so he probably came from like a point of view of like, no one would believe such evil existed. But now, as we know, there are climate denier changers. There's 9-11 deniers. You know, there's pro Harbor. Like, everything that's ever happened in history, there's going to be people who deny it. And so even now, people are denying what's happening in New York because they're not in the midst of it. Um, I have a friend on Instagram who is now a nurse. He uh, volunteered to go to New York, and he is now staying in New York to volunteer and help out with the emergencies happening there. And, I mean, he can tell you it's not a hoax. So it's it's... I don't know. It's just, it's infuriating because it's, we hope that we can move forward for a better future, but the reality is the majority of the people, I mean. Yeah, I don't think that's true though. I mean, I know that that's a very kind of a pessimistic way yeah. to look at it. And I mean, there's always going to be the conspiracy theorists and the people who are, rah, 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 you yeah. know. Um, but I mean, there's so many people who have had to stay at home with their kids and homeschool and social distance. I mean, that's the only reason that it's even like working is because people are actually taking it seriously Yeah. Um, over the last couple of weeks. So I think, I think in time, you know, the majority of the population and luckily in America, that's all it takes is a majority. Um, and I, I also think enough politicians are going to see how much money yeah. was, has this has cost us all the governors who are, you know, I mean, that was one of the things again that the, the governor of New York was talking about was just the fact that like, this is like, costing them tons and tons of money when they yep. don't have any money to yep. begin with. Yeah. Um, and so I just don't, I don't think we can lose the amount of money that coronavirus is costing us 
and politicians and business leaders and lobbyists and all those people don't then come back and say, we got to make sure this never happens again. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the people who have had to sit at home, whether they've gotten sick or not, whether they know somebody personally who had COVID-19 or not, like there's going to be enough people who are like, I never want to have to do that again. Yeah. I never want to have to homeschool my kids again. (laughs) Yeah. Which I do think it's funny. All the people complaining about homeschooling (laughs) when me and you are both homeschooled. Yeah. 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 (laughs) No, well, it's interesting. It would be all the homeschool moms are like, See, yeah, exactly. Like it is hard. Be, yeah, exactly. It is a high-paying job, or and all the teachers as well. You know, that was yeah. the thing before all this happened with all the strikes happening of all the teachers being like, "We need to get paid better." Yeah, and now everyone in America, every parent at least, is experiencing what the teachers like. Did you know teachers had to spend their own money just to get supplies? Oh for their yeah, own classroom? you know, well, and not, and not even that, the parents have to buy supplies for the classroom most of the time too. Yeah, and so like yeah, I mean, I think a lot of parents and people are going to totally. Yeah, we'll see a revision in in a lot of things. Yeah, hopefully. But. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know. It was it was a nice moment of hope to kind of think about yeah. like, okay, what good things can come out of this like that mm-hmm. that are like everybody now appreciates teachers. Yeah, which they should have been from the beginning. You know, yeah. it's like what stuff have we taken for granted that we'll start that we'll stop taking for granted, and then because we're appreciating it for what it really is, what yeah. the value of it really is, then we'll actually do stuff that's necessary to like keep it going. Yeah. Um, so yeah. anyways, um, that obviously was not the main thing that we were going to talk about no. today. Let's one of talk the, about, uh, a show that you're watching. Yeah. I was going to say one of the things that we've been, we both have been doing recently. Mm-hmm. I finished the office. Yep. Everybody knows that. So then of course the only logical next step is to go straight into Parks and Rec. Yeah. Especially because uh, Greg Daniels and Michael Shore created it. They were the creators of The Office, and so they went on to create Parks and Rec. And they were running at the same time when yeah. they were coming out, right? Yeah. At one point. Yeah. I mean, like, The Office first, and then, like, season five or six is when Parks and Rec came out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when The Office was, yeah. When 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 The Office was, like, at the peak of its success is when they were like, we need more stuff, usually how it happens yeah. to them. And, I mean, a very good second show to come out with great like where you're like talk about your sophomore the sophomore slump beating that yeah i mean well it's really funny too because that was kind of the gripe with the parks and rec i remember watching with like my youth group because we all kind of get together every once in a while watch like all the shows and we all watch the premiere of like parks and rec and all stuff and the general takeaway of parks and rec was like oh it's okay just feels too much like The Office. Like the first season, like especially the first episode, yeah. they really, really were pushing. Like down to, it's really funny, like down to um, Mark, like he was definitely a prototype of Jim. Right. You know, like Leslie was supposed to be Michael. Like right. there's a lot of little like characters that yeah. are like, okay, they're trying to make the Donna. I think we're, they were trying to go the Phyllis route with Donna, but then in season two, they definitely flipped her character yeah. and changed her yeah. around. Uh, yeah, that first season, which you said, just skip it, yeah. which I didn't. I went ahead and watched it just because I was like, well, I want to appreciate season two and know what's going on and even appreciate that it's gotten better. But I do think that first season, they were very hardcore trying to make it, like yeah. you're saying, like those almost copycat to some yeah. degree. Um, and then season two, they kind of changed a lot of that. Yeah, they, they, they definitely reorganized the whole yeah. show. Yeah. So the episode I just watched last night, last episode I watched was... Uh, um. Oh man, Andy and April getting married. Ah, uh, great episode. Yep. So that's the one I just finished. So that's where I'm at in the yeah. show. I think it's like season three, maybe end of season three. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they just yeah. Something. Maybe season four. 
No, nah, it's only season three, I think. Yeah, because yeah, they, they, they changed around his character pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, like, even him, his kind of character grows from season one to yeah. season two. It changes yeah. drastically. Yeah. So, so um, something that I, I enjoy it, for sure. Uh, I'm Obviously, I'm only... Mm-hmm. Like not even halfway through the the whole show yet, so um, the the verdict, I mean, my my opinions are only half baked. Yeah, but um, comparing the two, I feel like The Office is definitely a funnier show. Mm, yeah, uh, but Parks and Rec is a more entertaining show. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like like Parks and Rec just is like it just is like this like good feel good, um, enjoyable show that just like puts a smile on your face. But I haven't laughed out loud like a tenth of the amount that I have at the office. Right. Like the office is just hilarious. Yeah. But there's so much drama and like and like Michael's like character. There's more awkward humor. Yeah, and so many one. of the the characters you just feel bad for them. Yeah. And I mean, even Jim and Pam, it's like the first part of their whole story is him trying to get a girl who's engaged with yeah. another guy and it's just depressing and then he leaves. And you know, and it's just like there's all these like very like Kind of like it's just a bunch of sad people. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the characters in there, they're funny because it's depressing. Yeah. You know, where Parks and Rec, it's like, like you said before, it's like the the crazy weirdos that are depressing are the are the community yeah. that they serve. But the actual people working in there are all like have the right spirit and attitude and are trying their best. Like Ron Swanson is the closest one to like not where he like doesn't care at all, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, April maybe. But it's like even... Even Tom like cares about the job, yeah. You know, in his own way, in yeah. his own weird way. Um, yeah, Leslie definitely like spearheads it all. Where she is like, I mean, one hundred percent should be running this country, like almost yeah. to a fault. You know, right. she's almost too organized. She's right. too. She when, cares too much. When you realize her life, she's a hoarder, and you know, <laughs> yeah, <she's>, exactly. <laughs> so like her personal life is a mess, but her professional life is very much uh, on track. Yeah. And me. compared, everybody else compared to her, they look like they don't care. Yeah. But in reality, they're all trying really hard. They all show up. They yeah. all give like 110%. Um, so, I, so yeah. So, anyways, it's like you can kind of like enjoy that show a little bit more on the like happy side of things. Yeah. Because it's like every episode is like her being super positive and like that's her downfall. Yeah. You know, where yeah. Michael's downfall is that he's like this self-absorbed, yeah. unaware, yeah. you know, self-conscious failing human being right and that was kind of the premise for i know michael shore and and uh craig daniels like that was kind of the point of parks and rec was their goal with amy poehler was to make a show that was never at the expense of someone's character other than jerry uh (laughs) but uh uh you know, their goal constantly was like let's find humor in like lifting people up or by like you know if if some other character is rotten, it's kind of like this outer, you know, character like the public, like they're the yeah. worst and all that stuff. But for the most part, everyone is is loving and and so Ali and I she described it really well. Is the office is really funny, like how your work is, can be funny. Parks and Rec is home. It's coming home. It's familiar. It's comfortable. Yeah. It's you know, like you love the characters. But it'll be interesting to see because. After like season four, five, six, seven, each season just gets better than the last, and it's it's, and you will have more moments of just complete hilarity because they must have gotten that feedback, you know, where they're yeah. like, it's good, 
it's comfortable, but not like laugh out loud funny. And I think that's the thing going back and rewatching The Office is like, it is. Like, that's the thing that really just blows my mind is that show is has so many quips. It's so funny. It's so well written. It's so well brought together. You know, like it really is just an amazing achievement on yeah. all ends. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what your thoughts of like uh, the world that's created within yeah. Parks and Rec moving forward. So, and I definitely, I mean, Ron Swanson is is probably one of the best at making just like great little one-liners i understand why there's all these memes about him and stuff now yeah. um i've never seen a better depiction of my friend scrap on tv than ron swanson <laughs> yeah. i was like dude you need to sue parks yeah. and rec because i stole this character <laughs> off of you yeah uh even to the fact that like i just the episode one of the episodes i watched recently is when he they're going up to indianapolis and he is like planned on going to this steak restaurant you know and he has like this like photo book like yeah. a scrapbook of every time he's been there and i'm like oh that again sounds just like scrap yeah um, and he's so like, and he's like so broken. sad yeah exactly and he's <laughs> no. like what do you think happened to the steaks that were still in there did anyone eat them uh that's just so yeah. funny um, well i we just watched the episode uh where he has a hernia oh that one's and he's funny. Just, like stuck in his chair yeah. and like april's like do you need help and yeah he's like uh, just like the office going back and seeing Andy when yeah. I knew him as a movie star, not yeah. a TV star. It's very weird to go back and see Chris Pratt as a TV star uh, yeah. and not uh, the movie star. Yeah, he's he such is. a baby in the first, you know, season, first couple of seasons. Yeah. He's overweight. He, and that's why, like, you know, we all lost our minds when he got crazy in shape and you're just like. Whoa. Well, he plays this like lovable goof where yeah. like now he plays this more like smart Alec. Yeah. Almost. You know? Well, he said his Star-Lord character was based off of uh, uh, Han Solo and Marty McFly. Yeah. Between yeah. Those. And that totally makes sense. Yeah. The lovable scoundrel. Yeah. The lovable scoundrel. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. But he's usually like smart and clever and comes up with creative ideas as Star-Lord. Yeah. And then even like in Jurassic World, you know, he was the one that was taming Velociraptors. Yeah. You know, so it's like he he's the cool guy who somehow always knows how to like pull one out of his back pocket and, yeah. and win the game. Yeah. Versus like Andy, who doesn't even know he's playing the game and always loses. Yeah, like you know? like when he's living in the pit, you know, he's just like, wow, there's like someone put a whole bunch of vegetables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, I've been eating. Or then like when he's like wanting to move out, and then he gives a thousand dollars to Tom <laughs> just because he wants to help him out. You yeah. know, and it's like, you know, that's like your only money. Yeah, right. You know, did they do? Is that the one where he pulled out the thousand dollars from the bank and he's like, have you ever seen so much in the? Teller's like, yeah, sir. I oh, no, I haven't seen that one yet. That's my silly guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, um, uh, the other thing that was interesting as I've been watching it, you know, we've talked about this before, is that like in comedies, you have to have your two normal characters. Yeah. You know, usually your guy, girl, they're usually kind of like the main love story. What's interesting about this one, you know, and that was what was different about The Office is that like Michael was the main character of the show, yeah. but he wasn't the normal guy yeah surrounded by a bunch of weirdos he was like the leader of the weirdos yeah jim and pam were more the normal people (laughs) um and this one leslie definitely started out as the weird character but now i feel like she's actually the normal character yeah um more surrounded by weirdos yeah uh because i can't i mean her just being like super super eager about her job doesn't make her weird right in a weird in the stereotypical like let's make fun of her way yeah um definitely at the beginning i felt like it was Anne and mark right but then mark left the show yeah um which i'm curious why that happened i think he was just too much like jim and, and they were just yeah and they were like we gotta we gotta make this our own yeah. yeah 
Um, I do really think the the guy that um, is constantly running all the time and like that. Yeah, they Chris Traeger. Yeah, he's great. And per- <laughs> yeah, he's super funny. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, but it's like, yeah, in this current season, it's like, you know, more and more, it's like, well, the main person is actually, or the the normal characters is really more now, um, you know, Amy Poehler mm-hmm. and uh, and then the, Ben White. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Ben. Which again, slowly I know him. My favorite character. Actually. Yeah, I really yeah. like him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's slowly becoming my favorite yeah. as well. I think he might be Evan's favorite too. Uh, the funny thing about him again too is I know him from Step Brothers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie, yeah. and he plays a completely different character. So when he showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, not this guy. Yeah. And then he plays like the complete opposite of that guy, where he's like a nerd yeah. and is like you know like has a good heart and he, was humbled yeah. by his eighteen-year-old mayor catastrophe and <laughs> and is like him him I on clown. the uh like tv and radio yeah. stuff before they're like big uh, <laughs> he's like sweating and losing his mind <laughs> he like takes off his shirt at one point and is like you know yeah talking oh that, that was pretty good so funny uh especially because of what we do we've seen people almost do that yeah um so uh anyway so they've already done like the fair yeah they did the fair okay so little sebastian yeah everyone's reaction yeah. little sebastian is so yeah yeah great. So especially when he's like i don't get it and like yeah. everyone's like little yeah. sebastian. uh i think probably ron's reaction to little sebastian was the best because yeah, he like screams like, like a little girl <laughs> uh, yeah now who you have a t-shirt that says that or yeah. ally uh, or mark Somebody, Mark, Mark, I think Mark does. has one. Yeah, I think because so. he has the T-shirt that says like "I met Little Sebastian." Yeah, I think the, so. I okay. think so. Yeah. No, we do not have okay. any Parks and Rec. I know. I know. I saw somebody had a T-shirt. One of our friends, and, probably Mark. And yeah. you and I was like, "What is that?" And then you explained it to me. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, I think that that's very kind of interesting to see just how how the story develops. Obviously, again, I haven't seen it all the way to the end, so I don't know yeah. how it continues to develop. But it's just interesting how she starts out as the crazy weirdo. Yeah. And now she's the normal character. Yeah. And Anne is still pretty normal, uh, and she's probably the most normal out of all of them. Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely, like, later in the show, she definitely was trying to figure out her personality, and so that's her biggest flaw is that she kind of loses herself a little bit. And so, um, yeah, she they try and figure something yeah. out with her. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, which uh, they're kind of bringing it back around to what is your more traditional comedy mm-hmm. Um, kind of like formula, which is, you know, you got your, your main female, uh, or, you know, main character, whether female, male, their love interest, both normal surrounded by weirdos. And so that's kind of now where I feel like they are. Cause I mean, Ben's like very out of all the men, he's yeah. the most normal. Yeah. Other than the fact that he's like a budget nerd. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's, um, so anyways, but I, I definitely enjoy it. It's also interesting to see, um, you know, Tom Aziz, uh, because once again, it's like, I know him from, um, uh, his standup specials or from Massive None. master of none. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and he, his is the most where it's like, you can definitely see like, I can see where like the parts that he, the parts of him that are the best are what he then like really dove more into yeah. in master of none yeah. and his standup. And it's like, you can really see his like little aspects of his personality yeah. in that character yeah he got he got like globally really popular by being the funny like jay-z like party guy and yeah. all that stuff and then massa nun i think is what shocked me because he like became more contemplative yeah and now like even his last stand-up like he is like really contemplative more yeah. laid back a little yeah. bit um but yeah he definitely was like the what 
what? Like, yeah. uh, did they do the treat yourself episode? Have you seen that? No. Okay, that's a classic. Season four, you're you're in for a treat. So I mean, but but like moments where like he's like being more self reflective in the show, like when his fake wife, yeah, or his wife only by paper, uh, you know, is getting a divorce with him, and yeah. he's like very self reflective about that, or his failures, yeah. or not being able to like be as successful as he wanted to be. You know, it's like. Those are definitely those moments where I'm like, oh, this is the master of none part right yeah, here. Yeah. Where instead of it just being this five, you know, this little minute and a half, two minute version of this or part of this episode, it would be a whole episode in Master yeah. of None. So um, that, that I've really enjoyed kind of seeing, just like The Office, enjoyed seeing these characters that have gone on to do other stuff. Yeah. Kind of seeing them at their original. Well, have, have you have you uh, seen Colton Dunn? He's, he's one of the like high uh, animal guys uh they're the the like animal control uh yeah i've seen the animal control guys so he's in a uh, superstore the wheelchair guy in superstore uh oh well then oh remember yeah they're both like completely incompetent they're like hey man yeah whoa. yeah he's in superstore oh, and so you wow. know the connection there yeah. colton dunn yeah uh, and the other guy was um oh what's his name his real life name harris harris whittle and he was one of the producers on the show on Parks and Rec. And then he and, and uh, Aziz teamed up together with Andrew Yang. Or uh, Andrew, uh, some other guy. And Lang. Anyways, and they made Massive Nun. But Harris Whittles died um, before Massive Nun premiered. And so like halfway through the series, he died. And um, he died actually, I think like a week before the series finale of Parks and Rec. Oh, wow. And it was really sad because, I mean, he was a heroin addict, but he was like going to, you know, to rehab. Rehab. He was like even eating better and being healthy. And he was really excited about the next venture in life. And then OD'd. And it affected a lot of people in that community because Harris Whittles had, he is famous for coming up with the humble brag. Uh, he coined the term humble brag, uh, like on Twitter and all that stuff. And, um, now it's just part of our lexicon. And so, um, so that was, I, and, and Aziz was really close with him. And so I think, you yeah. know, you can kind of see where Aziz, like, especially in season two of Max and then he's a little more yeah reflective, serious, yeah. more and, somber. Yeah. And so that, yeah, that's when it all happened. So, cause he was like that life, like life of the party, right. Tom Haverford and I mean that kind of goofy guy. So, yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's great. I definitely enjoy it a lot. Um, now you said you're watching it again as well. Yeah, going back. So anything new that you've seen as far as watching it yeah. through again that you're? How many times have you seen it at this point? Oh, probably like all the way through. Probably like six or seven times. Oh wow. Um, yeah. No, definitely. I always get like surprised going back because the best way to describe like the first couple seasons is like uh, the show is desaturated. Like it's, it's, you see where it is, but you know where it's going. And so like all the energy, everyone, all the characters are like at like half volume and then they pump it up in the next season, like going forward. Cause I mean, it really, I put it on the same level as like, um, you know, Breaking Bad and all that stuff where they just, each season they get better and better and better. Um, and it's just ups the ante and and they definitely i think learn from the mistakes of the office where they ended it at season seven um as much as i would love to see them keep going they probably were like all right this is our peak let's just end it here and on a high note 
And it's a perfect show from beginning to end, I think. Um, obviously, season one is, is the, I take that back, not a perfect show. Um, but it becomes, it's a show that gets perfected over time. And so, like with Breaking Bad, where you just know the last couple of seasons are just phenomenal. You go back and rewatch it and um, just see Masters at, at work. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited for you to, like, just experience it all because it really is i mean it just was one of those shows that i always always every episode look forward to it i really like all the uh, snl cameos that Mm -hmm. keep happening too yeah Um, especially since like that snl is probably like in my lifetime my favorite snl yeah like i loved the wolf Ferrell air and adam's sand sandler air um but you know the the air that all these people were in yeah um is great um uh, yeah, I had this Andy Samberg made yeah. his yeah. And Will <laughs> Forte yeah. just was in it yeah. with the Twilight books. <laughs> and that was just amazing. Like I love Will Forte yeah. so much from uh obviously from Last Man, the on, Last Earth. Man on Earth. Yeah. yeah. And seeing him in like that role is just like, oh, that was perfect. Yeah. yeah. He is definitely one of the characters that I'm like, I would love to work with him. Yeah. I just think he's like so like his sense of humor yeah. and like his delivery of lines and stuff is just <laughs> it's just so beautiful yeah awkwardly beautiful yeah. in such a perfect way every time yeah well i mean it's just little things like um where they're talking about like oh, we watched the episode where the venezuelans guys come in and it's uh, fred armison oh yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah fred armison. overcooked chicken straight to jail you know it's like yeah. go straight to jail <laughs> he's yeah. like america everything here sucks um and i was just laughing because they're like have the people come and talk and and Leslie kind of like, well, well, this is the beauty of America. We're going to hear people. And it's like, you suck. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, my dog drank a water and now I'm going to sue you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. all this re just affirming that like, yeah, it, <laughs> the public, general public talk. But I never noticed before when Fred Armisen's going through all his list of like straight to jail, you know, journalists, they have a journalist jail. In the background, you can see the the one lady just continually yelling, <laughs> like like it's clearly like cut because he went on for a long time. But it's just she yes. is just yelling the whole time. Uh, I love uh, the um, the talk show host lady; yes. she's great. Uh, Perd is Perd Happily yeah, is great that's, that's um, because he was a real life anchor, and he told his agent that he only wanted to do movies and shows where he would be an anchor. And he's in Fast and Furious. He's in like a ton of different movies. You can just oh, go across and yep, Perd Apple, and he's the same every single time. <laughs> you heard we're Perd. Um, so like the fact that they just have fun with him. Yeah. Like there's just so many things that they just really make this world like fun to like yeah. live in and and yeah. see. Like the fact that you know Ron is married to Tammy. Yeah, Tammy one, Tammy two. His yeah. mom is Tammy. Yeah, all the stuff with the library, <laughs> by the way, is amazing. <laughs> I love, yeah. that's probably my favorite joke out of the whole thing yeah. so far is like their running joke. Their, yeah. My favorite running joke that they have is the whole, like their hatred for the, the library. <laughs> and and everybody <laughs> is like in the city government is like, you know, like, yeah, they're down at the library. Why would anybody ever go to the library? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, that's the worst place. To well, be. and the fact that the library people, Tammy is a psychopath. Yeah. And <laughs> All the other ladies that are there yeah. are psychos and that's just great. Well, and then they really like, uh, um, uh, Oh, what's her name? She's the so Jerry. The jokes on Jerry are great. Um, 
the fact that like he just is such a lovable guy, but that is yeah. like, damn it, Jerry. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love uh, Donna. Donna's, yeah. you know, the fact that she is such a boss. They they really did a great job with their character. And uh, did they do the hunting episode? Where yeah. They to, you know the fact she's losing her mind because her car. You know, she voted for David Duke because he would lower taxes. <laughs> literally headed the KKK. Like yeah. she's like doesn't care. She you know. They they take all these stereotypes and flip them upside down. It's great. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, Raphael, John, you know John Raphael. Oh yeah. You know, so great. Such a yeah. fun, funny character. Uh, and there's definitely people who, I think there's there. I can see why a lot of people may not always like the show because it they go down that humor lane that I love, where it's just insane, crazy characters, and. Um, but like that's why like Creed's my favorite character in the office, and you know yeah. it's like these. Well, and know. I feel like, and that's all right. I guess I, I even though, um, they're all like definitely like quirky characters. They're all like very lovable. Like yeah. I would hang out with any of those people. But in the office, I would only hang out with Jim. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Mike I wouldn't even hang out with Pam. Like <laughs> yeah. she would get on my nerves. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that's where I think uh, I go back to. It's like where the other one is just like funny because it's just ridiculous. Yeah. This is like funny in an endearing way. Yeah. In the same yeah. way, like you say, you laugh at your family. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like you love your family even though they do weird stuff. Yeah. yeah and then and, and, yeah, I think that's where a lot of people got turned off with the office. Cause there's a lot of confrontational humor, yeah. you know, like the, it's just like stuff that like makes you, Oh, I don't want to be here. Whereas like parks and rec, you just, it's, it's more open. It's more fun. It's, yeah. you know, and yeah, it's fun. I think yeah. that's a good way to say it. There's a lot of episodes of the office. Like, the dinner party is not fun. It's, yeah, exactly. It's just it awkward. So, so awkward, but it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's just the reality yeah. of like, oh my gosh, we lived yeah. through that moment where yeah. Parks and Rec, you can, it's great. It's all just, you know, yeah. even the fact that like at one point, um, the episode where they arrest Tom, you know, because he was trying to get in the van. Yeah. At no point in that do you feel awkward or anything, you know, like you're just like, oh, you know, he got arrested. His reaction is, you know. Well, and then the fact that she ends up dating the cop, yeah, like they kind of redeem the whole situation a yeah. little bit, and um, so uh, yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. So it'll be interesting. The obesity Once, jokes are also great. Talking yeah, about are, how yeah, Bonnie's like number two in America. <laughs> yeah, four four percent or number four, number four. <laughs> number four. We're going, we're going for you, and they name out in the city. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that with Sweetums Factory yeah. in town. <laughs> Um, Sweetums can't join them. Sweetums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of another show, mm. to close off our podcast, yes, we had talked about this before. You had mentioned Dragon Ball Z on an early, yeah. On, so on, my history with Dragon Ball Z, I could not watch it because I was not allowed to watch. You it. You weren't allowed to watch Dragon Ball Z. Was not allowed to watch it <laughs> along with Pokemon, all those things. It was Pokemon. All, oh yeah, no, there's all the devil. I mean, I, my mom didn't like. X-Men because their eyes turned red. <laughs> well, if, and the mutants evolution. Well, no, she didn't care about that. It was just, she didn't, she was fine with pretty much everything except for devil possession. Amazing. Demonic possession. Yeah. If there's any like calling of devils, asking devils to come, you know, people getting possessed. Nope. She didn't want that in her house. Now, did she so, hear and, that from someone else or would she like watch it and be like, oh yeah. I oh, like no, no, no. She would, she told us that that was the rule. Right. And we were expected to follow it. And then if she saw we were watching a show, like our you know our family room was in near the kitchen and everything, so she yeah. could easily see what we were watching. If she saw 
something that she was like, that's not appropriate. Like, I don't turn that off. Yeah. Um, that was like the one thing, and I'm sure she's still hardcore about that, but that was the one thing that she was like really hardcore about. And yeah. I mean, it's probably not a bad thing. Yeah, to like be that's hardcore. understandable. Yeah. 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 For, I mean, especially for like kids under the age of 10. Like, yeah. You don't need to be watching like people getting possessed. Um, but her one, like, her one, telltale thing that she would always use which wasn't always appropriate yeah it wasn't actually always correct it wasn't like a good red flag but it was her red flag was if characters eyes turned red insane if you're like cyclops she was like yeah exactly so that's what happened cyclops (laughs) eyes turned red because he has laser eyes because he has laser eyes and they was like oh he's obviously possessed and he's literally like the most like other than captain america he's like the most just righteous like person in the marvel universe yeah to the point that he's annoying yeah so he's like the hall monitor yeah. in the X-Men universe. Yeah. And I mean, it was like supposed to, Wolverine and Cyclops were like the Superman and Batman kind of a, a yeah. Marvel. So. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. I didn't get to watch X-Men. Well, my parents, they listened to a lot of conservative radio. Mm-hmm. So it was Power Rangers, out. Uh, Pokemon, out. Uh, Pokemon just cracks me I, up. It's insane, Because right? that's like... Yeah, no. if your stuffed animals fought each other. But you remember when that was like a big hubbub? Oh, I it was know. like, oh, they're all demonic like creatures and stuff like that. And so, like, I remember my friend John Michael came over with Pokemon cards, and my mom was like, "You need to put those away." And so things like that. Um, Harry Potter, that was definitely a no. <coughs> you got the Rona. <laughs> <coughs> Choked on some water. <laughs> Likely story. Uh, choking on water. Demonic. Can't do that. Uh, so, yeah, it was definitely a lot of stuff like that. So, there was, you know, shows. We weren't obviously so hardcore that we couldn't watch, like, Magic School Bus or things like that. We could watch. I know. Because Mark, old roommate, he wouldn't allow his kids to watch Arthur or <laughs> Arthur Reed. Because animals don't talk. That's evil. Um, so, but, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. I never got to watch Dragon Ball Z. Because anything foreign is evil. Uh, <laughs> so, but you have an extensive history. I do. And I am ready to answer all your Dragon Ball Z questions, I Todd. I'm excited. Okay, so the so, very first episode of Dragon Ball Z that you saw premiered. What's the storyline? What's happening? All right, so uh, uh, my background with Dragon Ball Z uh, was that uh, we were homeschooled, mm-hmm. me and my little sister, and uh, Toonami. On Cartoon yes. Network, we had cable. We didn't have the Disney Channel. We had Cartoon Network instead. It was almost like you could have one or the other. Yeah, we had there's Cartoon two people Network. in life, yeah. Yep, and we were the Cartoon Network kids. Toonami with the little robot mm-hmm. who we have actually worked with, the guy <laughs> who made that animation. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that is so cool, man. Yeah. You made that. And he was yeah. like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I was Insane. like, dude, I like That's our that. childhood, yeah. I watch that every day, you know? <laughs> and he's like, cool, now I feel old. Uh, but nonetheless, Toonami. Uh, and my friend Jason and Gosselin, my best friend from like my middle school, high school days, he was the one that got me on to it, uh-huh. on Dragon Ball Z. And, uh, the very first episode starts with, uh, so there was a whole show before this called Dragon Ball where Goku, the main character is a little kid. Oh, so you jumped in at Dragon Ball Z. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Dragon Ball was out. Uh, Dragon Ball was not on Toonami. Right. It was it was uh, Dragon Ball Z, and then Gundam Warriors, and yeah. then like Sailor Moon, and then like some other random like Cowboy Bebop or something right, like that. Right, right, right. 
uh, I think that's actually was the lineup. I'm impressed that I yeah, still remember yeah. that. No, that's it's in your and, brain. I'm impressed too. And those are like usually when people say getting into anime, those are yeah. like the list. Yeah, um, and I think it started at four and then ended at six. Okay. So enough time for kids to get home from school. Uh, I remember Jason Gosselin when he uh, when the second season came out. Uh, we were all so excited. He went and got some, like he went shopping with his mom with his own money. He bought EL fudge cookies and brought them over to <laughs> now, my was, house. Was that pertain to Dragon Ball? Nothing. Nothing. Just they're good. <laughs> they're good. He's wanted a good snack. Okay. Yeah. And so, but he bought his own snacks Amazing. as like a seventh grader, yeah. which at the time was like, we can well, buy our own food. And he bought his own snacks to my house. And he was like, I brought, I bought some cookies. Yeah. So we could celebrate the premiere of the new season. I'm going to tell you right now, just from my own personal experience, that was probably the peak of your life. It probably was. Yes. <laughs> like, I can vividly remember, like, in that moment, if something like that happened and probably did, probably we got an N64 or something, that's the peak. Like, yeah. you don't yeah. ever get happier than that. Yeah, because you're like, a show I've been waiting all, yep. all summer for or whatever, yep. finally is back. My friend just showed up with cookies yeah. that we got on our own. Yeah. Didn't even know we well, could do that. Well, and you had an age where, like, Anything you expect doesn't disappoint you. Yep. You know, like it is like the peak. Like yep. you're living life. You had no worthy worries. Nothing. Like this is it. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a great moment for sure. So, uh, so anyway, so Dragon Ball is all about Goku as a kid. Okay. He randomly shows up on the planet. Gets he can't remember. He hit, hits his head, and so he has like amnesia. You can't remember anything about him, uh, about his life and everything. And so then it's him kind of like getting trained by Master Roshi, growing up, um, trying to find the Dragon Balls. You kind of learn more about the Dragon Balls and everything that's involved with them. You meet some of the main characters like Bulma and Krillin and Chats, uh, well, Chi-Chi, his, his soon-to-be wife. Uh, Chatsu, is that his name? Chatsu? I think Chatsu. Are they all kids? Uh, well, Goku is definitely like a child. Yeah, like 12, uh, right? Uh, no, he's probably, well, I mean, he's like little, Yeah. It, like drawings wise. Like he's like, a does small. he have a tail at this point? Yeah, he has a tail, but then eventually they take it off, but then it comes back and then they take it off. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that he's probably like 10 and then like the other characters are probably like 14, 15. Okay. So they're like more like high school, middle school. And he's like, yeah, older elementary And he's kind of like the innocent fun one. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. But he has like a lot of strength and power and is always overcoming things. And then the whole time he's, um, there's like a couple different people he's fighting. Um, this like uh, doctor robot guy. He's out there also fighting uh, Piccolo. Piccolo. I yeah, know that is, yeah, yeah. And He's the so, green guy, right? Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so that all happens in Dragon Ball and there's a bunch of episodes of that. I've never actually watched Dragon Ball. Oh, interesting. It was a very childish show. Okay. And out of the ones... Like anime is notorious for being kind of like sexual in innuendos a yeah. lot. Uh, Dragon Ball had more sexual innuendos oh, than Dragon Ball Z did. Oh, interesting. Dragon Ball Z was really more about the fighting. Yeah. Dragon Ball was more like this fun sort of show, kind of more your stereotypical like anime yeah. child, ch like childish anime with some like sexual yeah. innuendos. Like Master well, Roshi is like always hitting on Bulma and like checking her out right. and stuff like that. So, and that was like a probably premiered in Japan like yeah. type show where Dragon Ball Z so Dragon Ball Z was still in Japan, but more, they had more of an American base at that time. Yeah. So Dragon Ball yeah. Z, I think became more popular first. Yeah. And then they went back, I think, and then translated Dragon Ball. Oh, interesting. Okay. But like Dragon Ball Z 
was definitely the one that like put it on more on the map. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's why like all the games are always Dragon Ball Z. Like you rarely ever. Yeah. Like see a Dragon Ball game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so Dragon Ball Z starts out like, hey, in the future, Goku's now grown up. He's mm-hmm. now married to Chi Chi. Mm-hmm. He has a son, Gohan. He's bringing Gohan out to meet Master Roshi, Krillin, Bulma. They're all gonna like meet up on Master Roshi's little island. He literally lives on this like little island that's like big enough for his house, and that's it. Amazing. Uh, that's he has dream. a turtle friend. Yeah, exactly. You you would enjoy Master Roshi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> after you just said he hits <laughs> on women, mm, I don't know if I would. <laughs> he sounds like a predator. He's canceled. I mean, he's definitely a pervert. But yeah. other than that part, <laughs> you'd have a lot in common. With yeah. Him. Uh, and uh, so he has this little island like that's out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, Goku has a flying cloud that he can ride on yes, called I Flying Nimbus. Interesting. Yep. Did Harry Potter steal that? Nimbus. <laughs> sounds, the sounds, Nimbus 2000? Yeah, yeah. This was the original Nimbus, okay. Nimbus 1. Yeah, so Harry Potter stole it. Interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, so uh, they all meet up, and in that time of meeting up, all of a sudden a alien comes from outer space, lands uh, to uh, try to take over Earth. Is that the white one? With like the big head, looks kind of like a uh, purple belly or something. Isn't there like a purple? Oh yeah, yeah. Nope, not that nope, one. That's that much one. later. <laughs> so the one that shows up is a Saiyan. Saiyan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually Goku's brother. <gasps> and uh, the Saiyans are this alien race that are trying to take over the whole. Does universe. he have like really long hair? Yes, he does. Yeah. With the long black hair. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's got the little. Does he have the little eyepiece thing over nine thousand? Yeah. Yes. Well, no. No. That is. Uh, uh well yes he does have the eyepiece they all yeah. have those yeah uh so he does have one the one that goes over nine thousand though is actually later yes uh so anyways Radic is his name he shows up and it finds out that Goku was actually sent as a baby they send mm-hmm. out all their babe saying babies two planets and then the whole thing is they're supposed to like grow up and like basically destroy the planet take over the planet oh. and then the rest of the saiyans like can show up afterwards and like the little baby's already taken over everything oh interesting. because the saiyans have this ability that when it's a full moon and they look at it they turn into these giant apes that have like extreme power yeah and they can shoot like lasers out of their mouths and they're like basically like godzilla meets king kong yeah um well the tail is all a part of that and mm-hmm. so they cut off goku's tail and he hit his head, so he didn't. He was supposed to be this like super vengeful, out to get everybody kind of person, and instead he's like the most lovable, nice, kind person you've ever like met. Like Superman. Yeah. Well, yeah. even worse than Superman, he's like, he's like, uh, like Leslie Nope. Yeah. But a Saiyan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full circle, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so him and Radich fight. He finds out that it's his brother. He finds out that he lost his tail. What his tail was for. All that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, well, Goku ends up. Uh, sacrificing himself. Ooh. And Piccolo, his arch enemy, shows up, <gasps> and they uh they fight. Piccolo, Goku fight together to to beat him, and Goku sacrifices himself to to kill him. This is all in the that season of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and so then uh, this is actually like two episodes. In. <laughs> well, no, well that was the one thing with Dragon Ball that they Z was that they would like take that one fight and turn it into like fifteen episodes. Right, right, right. Um, and in that process, you find out that Gohan has this like crazy power. Yes, and I the only episode I've ever watched was when Gohan's like in college. Oh wow! And he oh, okay. like he like goes Super Saiyan yeah. and like destroys these yeah. like people, and it was awesome. Yeah. So Gohan sees his dad getting 
beat up and stuff and gets mad. And when Gohan gets mad, his power level like jumps through the roof. Yeah. And so he actually then like headbutts his uncle and like breaks his shield, his like body armor, which is what allows Piccolo to be able to like shoot this laser through him and Goku and kill him. Uh, so then in that though, they find out that there's two more Saiyans coming. So then they all train. Goku goes to the afterlife. Amazing. Yeah. Like and Superman. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he trains on this little planet in the afterlife that has like 10 times Earth's gravity. Uh, I think I've seen that. Yeah. And it's this little, like little, um, almost like if a, cause isn't if you ass- took propaganda from world war two of how we drew the <laughs> Japanese, yeah. that's what this guy would look like. <laughs> Because I remember he does like a Luke Skywalker type thing, doesn't he? Where he's like shirtless and he's like doing like one-handed like sit-ups. Yeah, and he's on this very small little planet where he can like run it. And there's a monkey on there and a bug. And then this other guy. And I can't think of... What was that guy's name? (laughs) No, his name was um, King Kai, maybe? King Kai. Kai? Anyways. Sounds like a Smash Bros. character. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, that huge fight then happens. That's where Vegeta, the prince of the Saiyans... (gasps) And his like right hand guy then show up. They all fight. He kills a bunch of people. Vegeta does. Yeah. Um, one of the things with the Dragon Balls is that if you collect them all, you get one wish. Or was it one wish or three wishes? Maybe three wishes. Gotta be three. Um, but if you collect them all, this big dragon shows up that's like enormous. Like he fills the whole sky. It's like almost like a very like Japanese Chinese like right. the long snaky type yeah. dragons. And uh. He and let me guess, wish. he probably has red eyes. He does. Good thing my mom didn't see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, I was in high school, and I could she would believe me when I would describe to her <laughs> what was happening. Um, but anyways, uh, they wish Goku back from the dead. Okay. But the problem is he's gone down this really long road in the afterlife to get to that planet, and now he has to actually go all the way. It's called Snake Road. He has to go all the way back to Snake Road to the entrance of like the afterlife to get back to Earth. Oh, interesting. So they have to start this fight, but he's like like a day's 24 hours away from actually being able to show up. Yeah. And he's really the only one that can fight these guys. Yeah. So everybody else fights him. Uh, Go Gohan has been trained by Piccolo this whole ah. time. So he's now a fighter because he's got all this untapped potential and energy. Uh, all of them, they're called the, the DBZ warriors. They all, the Dragon, Z warriors, the yeah, Z warriors, Dragon Ball Z warriors. the Z warriors, yeah, yeah, the Z warriors. They all end up just basically getting destroyed, destroyed. Some of them d- killed other, wow. you know, like one of them like has this trick where they can like blow up basically. And so they like sacrifice themselves to try to take out one of the guys and the guy's not even like hurt at all. <laughs> and the person dies. Um, yeah. So a waste of that person's life. Uh, but with the dragon balls, they can bring them all back. So it's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. And uh, so anyways, Goku shows up and that's where they have this huge fight between Vegeta and Goku. Okay. And that's the, that's the big, what one. does Vegeta look like? He's the short one with like the blue, outfit white armor and his hair like sticks up like a troll yes yes yeah yeah and he ends up being like a big part of the whole story moving forward yeah um because you find out that um in the next season they all go off because frieza amazing <laughs> <laughs> the little pink person have you ever seen that one yes yeah it looks like kind of like a little and it's like they have like a white head with like a purple on the top. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that was... Oh, that's the one you're thinking of? Yeah. So Frieza... It kind of like Mewtwo, right? Yes, it Yeah, does. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Frieza goes to the planet of... Uh, oh, man, is it Namek? Namek, yeah, where Piccolo's from. Okay. And where the Dragon Balls are from. <gasps> because they um, they kill 
that somehow they destroy the ability. Oh, I know what it is. They kill um, the Kami who's in charge of, he was the guy who created the Dragon Balls originally. Okay. Uh, it's like Piccolo. So they like go and kill God essentially. Well, kind of like, so this Kami came from this planet named Kami. Yeah. Is that, and, yeah. Well, no, that's, that's the other guy. That's okay. King Kai. Okay. Uh, uh, Na- uh, this guy came from Namek, um, and then he ends up, I think, merging. Is that right? No, anyway, somehow he dies, though. Mm. And um, so because of that, they have to go to the original source of the Dragon Balls, basically. Like, this one group of, like, alien race can, like, create the Dragon Balls. Yeah. So they have to go to them to then resurrect their dragon Yeah. to then resurrect everybody else. That's the thing I love about Dragon Ball Z, hearing you say it as an adult you would definitely be like oh they jumped the shark like after season one (laughs) (laughs) but as a kid you're like this is peak storytelling yes like the bigger the most insane things i remember as a child even as an adult i still thought this like the more insane like the better and that's Dragon Ball. Oh, Ballsy. I mean, yeah, it's like uh Fast and Furious almost. Yes. You know, or like James Bond. They're yes. like it's like, okay, you know what we should do now? Go to the planet where these Dragon Balls are from, which yeah. the whole show of Dragon Ball was always about collecting these balls. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the the balls are gone. Yeah. And you can't collect them anymore and you can't bring people back. What are we going to do? Yeah. Well, let's get in a spaceship and we're going to fly to this other planet. Amazing. Uh and then uh and again, Goku uh for some reason, Goku doesn't... Oh, he's in the hospital and has to recover. Oh. And so, yeah, because after the fight with Vegeta, he's like half dead, basically. And so he has to be in the hospital and recover. But then they send Gohan, his son, and Kremlin, one of his like best friends, who has like three random dots on his bald yes. forehead. I yes. have no idea why. <laughs> uh, and uh, they send them to go get the Dragon Balls. But when they get there, they find out that Frieza, who's like this galactic warlord, kind of like their... Um, uh, um, oh, I blanking on the from the infinity wars in game what's the what's the bad guy thanos thanos yeah, yeah. kind of their thanos you okay. know like this like guy who just like takes over one planet after the other yeah um and he actually killed destroyed the with like just his own powers like he does this little like finger move and just shoots this huge laser out like death star level and destroys their planet he destroys the super saiyan planet because he knows that the saiyans could like overtake him eventually oh interesting so he's like i'll just destroy him yeah and he blames it on something else and then the only saiyans that are left are like 10 or 15 of them with vegeta being the main one and so it's like they've just now like their only way to survive is to like basically be like the the henchmen or the four horses of apocalypse for for vegeta or for frieza so anyways they show up and frieza's there and Vegeta's freaking out because Frieza's like super powerful and can kill all of them. Yeah. And then all these other people are showing up. And it's, so it's like, it's Vegeta, Kremlin, Gohan. And they're like trying to get the Dragon Balls. Oh, Bulma's there. They're trying to get the Dragon Balls. They can't. They're trying to get them from these other people, but they're taking them. The Frieza's people are just killing the Namics everywhere they go. They're just killing them one after the other. And finally, they're fighting them. They're getting their butts kicked again. Just in the nick of time, Goku shows up uh, again. So, uh, Fights Frieza. Huge, wonderful battle. Yeah. So then it goes even bigger than that to where then they are back on Earth and they have uh, they have to fight this biological creature that's created called Cell. Really clever with the names. Yeah. Where each time he's able to like eat people basically and then like take in their power and become even more powerful. Heroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like uh, there's like earlier versions of him and if he like eats those versions then he like becomes even more powerful. 
Goku sacrifices himself again. Amazing. Surprise, surprise. And then at that point, then it got like just bonkers crazy. <laughs> if you thought that wasn't crazy enough, then it gets even more crazy. <laughs> at that point, it got crazy. So at that point, then there's this like, uh, uh, this is like creature that like has been like almost like hidden inside you know earth for like thousands of years kind of thing and like this evil scientist like releases them um and there's basically no stopping him like the more that he fights the more and he really can eat people like anybody yeah and again he becomes more and more powerful his name's boo uh and uh originally the guy who releases him thinks he can control him okay eventually like he's one of the first people that dies right they fight him uh and beat him and then at that point, then the most powerful, like, supreme god of the plant of the whole universe, uh, who only cares about, like, fighting and people's fighting ability, then sees that Goku's this, like, great fighter and then creates these, like, galactic, like, tournaments where they're going to, like, fight in outer space against each other. But whoever wins or loses, their planet gets destroyed. Oh, wow. So it just the really... mistake. Yeah, yeah, so it just gets weirder and weirder <laughs> and weirder. And throughout that whole process, uh, we see the the regular transformation of Goku going from Saiyan to Super Saiyan. Amazing. To Super Saiyan 2 so this to is Super Saiyan 3 to Super Saiyan 4. They got really What's clever What's the with highest them. level? Uh, I think Super Saiyan 4 was the highest. Okay. And what, like, what changes, like, because I know they, the they, classic, everyone knows Super Saiyan at this point. Yeah, they scream a lot. Super Saiyan! And then, um, well, they don't, they don't even say that. They just, like, Ah! yeah yeah and, and the way that the they, hair turns yellow yeah their hand turns yellow so goku's hair is like kind of floppy down mm-hmm. almost like a uh, rpg character in like the 90s uh and it's like black kind of flops down kind of spikes up a little bit when he goes super saiyan it just shoots straight up right um when he goes super saiyan 2 it gets longer right uh When he goes Super Saiyan 2, it gets longer. Yeah. Yeah. When he goes Super Saiyan 3, though, it gets, like, really long. Yeah. Like, he gets, like, this full, like, almost like a, an 80s rocker. He looks kind of like his brother, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. 80s yeah. rocker where it's, like, going down to his yeah. butt almost of, like, hair. Almost a porcupine. Yeah, and, them. like, and more, like, electricity and, like, energy is mm-hmm. flying off of them. Um, and then when he goes Super Saiyan 4, he actually turns into this, like, weird version of, like, a miniaturized human ape like thing like he has like a tail but it's like it's like all attached kind of like into his clothes almost and his hair then turns back to black but then he is like his face looks a little different how did the people who made sonic not get sued (laughs) you know sonic technically probably would have come out first because the Sonic was in the eighties, because he or the nineties, he does that. He goes super. Yeah, yeah. Well, he goes gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, he gets big. He has everything. Yeah, like he demands he can fly. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, and that's the fun thing with the show is that like they they have the their powers allow them to like fly around. Yeah. So what happens when they have a lot of energy? uh, Kai, as it's called, uh, is that they can fly and they can move really fast and then they can shoot beams out of their like hands and. Do you think Scientology was like, yes, this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what we did. This yeah. is like writing down as you're watching it. They're like, Super Saiyan 3 is now going to be our level 42 in Scientology. Like everything you said is like Scientology. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like the fact that it's planets, like there's other planets, you know, yeah. like, because the whole point of Scientology is that they were ghost aliens. 
that have inhabited the bodies yeah. of a different planet, you know, and we eventually get, I mean, Mormonism is kind of the same thing, but it's just funny. Yeah, so with this, yeah, it's, it's Kai, so their Kai is like a, uh, and that's where the whole, like, over 9,000 yeah. uh, that Vegeta sees. Because he can see their energy Yeah, level. they have these little, uh, uh, Frieza's army has these little headpiece things that they can wear that look like they just wrap around or like over one eye. Yeah. That Google, allow- Google Glass. Yeah, basically. <laughs> really cool Google Glass uh, that allows them to read the energy levels of other people. Yeah. Um, and so they, they can kind of determine how... Yeah, and they, they can like scan a whole planet and even see like where a big energy source is. Yeah. Now, the, the thing though is that Goku and the Z-Warriors, they have learned how to hide their power nice. to like push it down yeah. so that way people don't see it. And so a lot of times in these battles, because Goku just like loves fighting. Oh, yeah. So it's like most of the time he could like beat people off right off the bat, but he like enjoys the competition. So he'll like purposely not raise his levels until he has to. Okay. So he'll be like fighting someone and then they're like, well, I'll need to raise my level now. So then they raise, they do some kind of transformation. Like Frieza transforms like three times in the fight. And every time he transforms, he gets more and more powerful. Well, then Goku raises his power level and raises his power level. Amazing. I love how, like, it just, you know, he's going to win. So when he gets killed, I guess, like, he's reached the peak of his abilities and he's like, I'm, I got to die. Uh, well, every time he sacrifices himself, he just dies because, like, someone else would get hurt. Yeah. 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 Or it's like he, um, like, with the battle against Frieza, uh, he dies because Frieza blows up the planet. Okay. And then Goku, like, fights him. To where like Frieza can't escape, so, and the planet blows up and kills them both. So like, what's the normal strength level? Like oh man, level? I well, I mean that's the thing. I mean it's like we're talking about jumping the shark. I mean it's like you know <laughs> initially like their levels are like you know in the hundreds, eight hundred, yeah, in the yeah. hundreds, and then it's nine thousand. You right. know where Vegeta's freaking out because he's nine thousand, and yeah. that's way higher than like what Vegeta's. Yeah, and the only way Vegeta's able to even beat Goku, eventually. That's the only fight that like nobody really wins or loses. They both hurt each other so bad, and their Kai level because like I was saying, their Kai level is something like start out with something like a bank account, mm-hmm. and when you're fully rested, it's all the way up. But then as you fight, you're like using that power until you have nothing left. Yeah, and so both of them are like beat up, barely able to move, and like it's a draw basically. Yeah. And Vegeta just gets in his pod and flies away because he's like, well, like I've never been. I've never not been able to win. Yeah. And he actually like, it's almost like Rocky two. Yeah. Where they punch each other and both pass out. Yeah. Is that what happens to Rocky? No, II? it freeze frames. So they get ready to punch and then freeze frames. Cause uh, they have the whole point is he loses the first one. He wins the second one. And then they later at the end of the movie, they have like a private match where it's just them two. Oh, okay. And they're like, all right, we're going to see. But isn't, really right, I guess in the, the second one, when gets, he, in the second one, when he wins though, they're like both like, KO'd, but he like crawls up to like stand back up, doesn't no, he? No, I think he beats him because the whole point is they're one and one. So they both have beat each other uh, at okay. least once. And so then, because um, the first one he wins, or he loses, but it was like impressive. He went all 12 rounds. Yeah, exactly. He went the whole way. And then the second one, they pretty much go all 12 rounds again, but he wins at the end. And yeah, but then, I was saying, doesn't he win though? Because it's like a technicality. No, no, no. Like he, they're both, they both fall down and he's able to like, crawl stand back up 
I don't remember that point, but I do remember like that, that's the very end of the movie. That's when they're like, all right, right we'll see who really, and then they, yeah. it gotcha. turned into like a picture. Gotcha. So, so anyways, that's kind of... And the, then they train together in, in the third one. Nonetheless, yeah. that's what happens. And so then Vegeta <laughs> leaves hating Goku because yeah. he's the only person who's ever bested him. Mm. And he's the stronger Saiyan. Yeah. You know, or he's the prince of the, of the Saiyans and he's supposed to be the strongest one out of all of them. And Goku's a Saiyan and is stronger. Uh... But Goku actually left that like admiring Vegeta because they had this great fight where they both like, you know, couldn't couldn't move by yeah. the end of the fight. Yeah. Um, but the only way that Vegeta is even able to do that is because he turns into an ape and then fights Goku as an ape. And yeah. Goku can't turn to an ape because he lost his tail. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So how many seasons did they do? Like when they end- well, so I mean, I, I don't actually know off the top of my head. There's probably like, I would say probably like 10. Okay. Because I mean, like I said, it gets... It gets like super weird. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, there's Dragon Ball Xenoverse. There's Jeez. Dragon Ball Ultimate, I think. Um, there's all kinds of stuff where he starts fighting like all these galactic people. And, Amazing. you know, um, at one point he gets turned back into a child. Um, he Later, Gohan gets older and it goes to college, gets married, has kids of his own. Goku has more kids. Him, uh, uh, Vegeta ends up marrying Bulma and has a kid. Uh, those kids end up becoming buddies. Um, they learn these skills where they, or this one move where they can like merge bodies together and like duplicate their powers of when course. they do that. Um, Is that the one way to go? Yep. Like that? Yeah. Yep. So they, they do like a little with fingers, YMCA, but to the side into each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have this yeah. weird little move that they have to learn and then they become, so that's where we have like go tanks and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Vegeta and Gohan and, or Vegeta and Goku Combined. It's the only show that, like, as you describe it, I can smell the writer's room. I can just smell, <laughs> like, cigarettes. <laughs> just, like, tons of cigarettes. Uh, not necessarily, like, marijuana, beer. but just, like, yeah, just cheap perfume. So, I mean, that, that definitely the best part about the show, especially as, like, a middle score, was the fact that, like, the intensity of the fights, right. though, were amazing. Yeah. Like, when they would finally turn in, and because they would, like, delay things so much, yeah. like, they would spend the first five minutes of every show redoing almost the same part of the fight that you saw in the last five minutes of the show. Yeah. So between each new show, there's probably like 10 minutes of new content um, that wasn't going to be repeated. Uh, But the, by the time then that like Goku really did transform into super Saiyan and you heard about super Saiyan all the time, Vegeta talked about it. It was this like mythic thing that only one uh, person had been able to do one Saiyan had been able to do before. Was it even true that they'd be the most powerful being in the universe, you know, kind of thing. And so when he finally does it and then beats the snot out of out of um, Frieza. Frieza after Frieza like killed Krillin after Frieza killed killed all these Namics who are like these peaceful people who are like just like little farmers and like you know don't want to hurt a fly you're finally like yeah yeah you know yeah and then they would do the which it's in I mean it was already in anime but you see it a lot more in a lot of shows that came out after that um, but they would do these shots where they would you know, be like flying and there'd be like lights or stuff and moving behind them and they'd be screaming and yeah. then cut to the other person and, you know, and they would have like the internal monologue, right? Like, oh, impossible. Yeah. Yeah. They would. Yeah. Going, yeah. And then they would always make this weird face when yeah. like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, how is it possible? You know? Yeah. Uh, and then they would cut to like Krillin, which is just great. old Krillin. Uh, they would cut to Krillin or somebody like that who like, because they weren't high enough power, they couldn't actually see them fighting because they were moving so fast in the sky that like they can't right they can't keep up yeah basically 
So there's there was little stuff where they would cut away to like the normal people to like show how powerful they were. So if you really want, if you're if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan or not, uh, somebody went on YouTube a while ago and made like spoofs of all the shows using footage <laughs> from the show, and then they redubbed all the voices, and it is amazing. So you should definitely like like even yeah. if you're just like curious at all about the show. <laughs> You could watch all of those in like an hour and like get all the seasons, yeah. like taken care of, all the major ones, the the good ones, <laughs> and uh, and then they also like make fun of all the characters. Like they have like a Krillin, the Krillin like um, like hit count, yeah. where like he's like every time the Krillin gets like punched in the face or knocked <laughs> off or like shot across the planet, yeah. you know they're like one, two, three, you know. So That's um, so what out of all the seasons, what was your favorite season? Uh, I mean, definitely the probably the season with Frieza. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was like a great season, season two of Dragon Ball Z. I think it was season three. Season three, okay. I think because right, I think they season like one focused on v- Vegeta and, yeah. and and all those guys. Yeah. And, yeah, I think season one was mainly Radic, Radic, uh, Radish, not Radish, Radic, um, and then season two was Vegeta and his henchmen. I can't think of his name and like them coming and everybody training and getting yeah. ready. And then season three was Vegeta. Then season four was um, uh, the android um, Cell. And then season four was Boo. And the season four was when I kind of stopped paying attention as much because uh, Boo was just not as interesting. Yeah. Though. It wasn't like this kind of started getting weird stuff. Where like this, <laughs> the one with Cell, uh, Vegeta, and Bulma's son, Trunks, comes back from the future and is like, Goku gets this disease that kills him, mm-hmm. this random disease. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Appropriate timing wise. Corona. <laughs> uh, anyways, he gets this random disease. So Trunks and the, then because Goku's not there, Cell ends up killing everybody Okay. and like destroying the planet. And it's like post-apocalyptic, very, very like Terminator-esque. Yeah. You know, where it's like this thing has destroyed everything. Yeah. So then he comes back, gives Goku the, the vaccine or antidote for it. Yeah. And then Goku's alive to actually fight Cell. Um, but probably the best scene was actually, again... Goku sacrifices himself in Cell. Yeah. He does that like in every fight. It seems yeah, like. yeah. And, um, but he then, um, he sacrifices himself and tells Gohan to like give Gohan a chance to like power up as much as possible because oh, like that's another thing they can do is like they can kind of collect energy if they're like chi is too low or they're Kai. And so uh, they, he like gives Gohan time to like power up. He dies, but then he kind of like comes sort of like in spirit back to Gohan. Harry Potter-esque. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And he's like, and he's like coaching him and encouraging him. Or Star, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's kind of encouraging, coaching him. And then Gohan and Cell like fight each other. And they have, what they would do a lot of times in like the big battles is at some point they both have these two like energy blasts like going at each other. And yeah. it would be like moving back and forth. Harry Potter style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the more power that they put into it, you know, and they have to hold the power and the energy the whole time. So Goku comes back and is like coaching Gohan through the whole process. And then like is telling him like, you were always the strongest one out of the two of us. Like you have the power. You just need to tap into it, believe in yourself, all this kind of stuff. Use the force. Yeah. And Gohan's still just like a teenager. He's not a little kid anymore. He's not like a boy, but he's only like in middle school. Yeah. Um, And so you see this little kid against this like huge monster and he wins and totally saves the day. That's amazing. It's interesting. So that was a, that was a good probably the best scene for sure yeah yeah and, and the whole time you're like man if gohan would just like stop like doubting himself yeah. you would see how powerful he is because there'd be moments where you would see it and he would just like own whenever yeah. he was like fully in power yeah uh so that 
That was great. <laughs> uh, I think all of them yeah. are, sh- I'm sure, on some website that you can probably watch yeah. for free. Yeah, they have to be somewhere. I'm sure there's some cartoon website where you can watch stuff. I know I've watched like Avatar, The Last Airbender for free online. Yeah. Um, uh, but if not, uh, they're also on um, Netflix if you get the DVDs. I don't know yeah. if Netflix still ships <laughs> DVDs. Or they Blu-rays do, or surprisingly, whatever. Surprisingly, yeah. But you can also get in that way. It's very hard I know to... when me and Scrap were first roommates, I told them, like, dude, you've never seen Dragon Ball Z? We need to get those DVDs. Yeah. And so then we watched them all over again. <laughs> and I totally hooked him on it. And his <laughs> wife, Catherine, at, at girlfriend at the time, would come over to our house to eat dinner with us. And then we'd be like, all right, we're going to watch some Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and she'd be like, are you guys serious? That's what we're watching tonight? Oh, my gosh. I hate this show. And then it flashes to you, and you're like, impossible. She cannot doubt my power. Scrap right. through, and he's like, ah. <laughs> In the power. The- you have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we would just play it. Yeah. Uh, and she would just sit there then on her phone or on the computer or whatever. <laughs> uh, but the funny thing is then um, now she knows yeah. the show. So she gets all the references, even I mean, though. And so we're like, you're yeah. Dragon Ball Z. You know. Yeah. You know you are. <laughs> well, it definitely sounds like the type of show where now it's all about you get, especially in series, you get kind of the payoff at the end of the series. You know, like it's this lead up. It's this giant kind yeah. of lead up. And in a way, Dragon Ball did that. But for the most part, it sounded like they just like gave you your full like helping of awesome fighting each episode. Yeah. You know, yeah. Even if like your character lost, like there was no like leading up to his one final awesome battle. It was like, we're going to have an awesome battle. Character may not win, but it's going to be in yeah. this episode. Well, and there was always a lot of big fights leading up to it too, yeah. which was always nice. Like there was always henchmen that were fought and always moments where people would overcome. And then, you know, when all hope was lost, another person would show up or yeah. somehow they would, you know, tap into some energy that they didn't know they had or they would merge with somebody or whatever. There was always some <laughs> weird thing, right? You know, that yeah. would happen. Um, so, uh, it was, it was definitely was, especially as a middle schooler, you know, to get to watch a show like that on a weekly basis. It's yeah. like, it would end on always cliffhanger and you'd be like, Oh, oh I got another next. Oh. <laughs> no, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, being able to like, if you could binge them now at this point, like it would, it would be a whole different experience to some degree because like the waiting yeah. for another seven days until you could see how that fight yeah. was going to go was always half the fun, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's still like classic anime guys. Yeah. And it definitely is like the gateway drug to anime. I yeah. think, I think a lot of people, I never really got into it much more than just that show. Yeah. Uh, Gundam wing. I watched a little bit cause it came right after dragon ball. On, Avatar. On Tsunami. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But Avatar, but Avatar is technically not good. Anime is only stuff that comes from Japan. Yeah. And I was going to say, I feel like too, it's like Avatar is, I think of an, I mean, I know technical terms of anime, but I think of anime as like a certain style of drawing too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not really like that. Right. Um, but, uh, the, uh, I know a lot of people who got into Dragon Ball and then got into all the other anime yeah. kind of because of Dragon Ball. Yeah. You know, it was, it was the marijuana of yeah. Of, yeah. Dra- of anime for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was a kid's show, especially with Dragon Ball. Like, oh, yeah, Dragon Ball scene. Z, I guess yeah, is what yeah. I keep meaning to say. So. Yeah, and so, yeah, come on, right? It's too different. <sighs> I know. Um, kind of fan of mine. Yeah, no, I mean, I've always heard, yeah, I mean, definitely like Dragon Ball and, and all that stuff is, is for a lot of people online, whenever I see stuff, is. Oh, I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but they still watch, you know, 
Gangnam and yeah. all these other shows that are much more Ghost in the Shell and kind yeah. of even more. Yeah, even the Cowboy Bebop, I know, like what kind of became a popular one. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is the amount of like pop culture that it has gotten into, like the whole Super Saiyan thing. Yeah. Because people have never watched the show before ever. Yeah. Uh, I know like Scrap's brother who would be caught dead before he would watch something like an anime show. But he would send videos to Scrap whenever he was like working out in the gym, and he was like doing more weights than he normally would. And he would say like, "All right, Super Saiyan," yeah, and then he would yeah. you know do it. Um, yeah, it's in it's our, it's in our lexicon. Yeah, or even the Kamehameha yeah. thing, you know, and like doing that move, um, you know, is a thing that people would obviously joke about all the time. Um, or even the over 9,000, yeah. you know, so. Well, even like, even like the internal dialogue, like yeah. impossible, like we all know yeah. that yeah. in some way. So I think that's, what's kind of funny about it is like, you know, it's not a show that feels like as prevalent as some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that some of those things are still like slipped into the lexicon and culture yeah. Yeah. that even like people who would never even watch a cartoon period, let alone anime yeah. are then using to be funny and cool, yeah. quote unquote, cool. So, you know, it's definitely, uh, I think that says something about a show that like those cool aspects when you're watching it and Vegeta does the over 9,000 part because yeah. he's a super smug character who just doesn't think he needs to worry about anybody on the planet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's freaked out when Goku shows up. It's like even that little like awesome <laughs> moment in the show is now, you know, like pop I mean, culture. Yeah. 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 That was interesting. Um, did you switching up a little bit? Have you ever watched like uh, How's Moving Castle or any of Studio Ghibli stuff? Nope. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what you say because like Studio Ghibli, uh, for like how kind of crazy Dragon Ball Z is, Studio is definitely like the art house of like anime, and kind of the more quieter they focus on like kind of the more dramatic and be interesting to see what you think about those like, yeah you know kind of like what about the storytelling especially from maybe a japanese point of view um and the range that comes from that because i know a lot of people you know they talk about japanese art in you know they do think of like the hentai and kind of like yeah. the kind of darker side of things right which is definitely there but there's also a lot of really beautiful moments like how's movie castle essentially beauty and the beast but their kind of interpretation oh, of it. okay so uh, it'd be interesting because i i've i've actually gone back and i watched a lot of those because Allie, when we were first dating said that she liked those and i later found out she had only seen one <laughs> <laughs> and really wasn't really she was just trying to find something to talk about that i'd be interested in it and i was like oh, i've never seen it she likes it i'll like it you know and i actually ended up really liking them so i would highly suggest checking them out so yeah i know what kind of brought this up was me and you talking about the fact that um they've made uh last bear airbender avatar the last airbender and they made a dragon ball z movie yeah live action them, yeah live yeah. action movies um that are both horrible yeah um and i i think um i would of all the movies I could choose to make, this would these would not be in my top ten just because there's other stuff like Star Wars or, yeah. or a Jurassic Park movie or you know other things that I'd rather go. That's like, um, uh, content that are or what it was uh, what's the word there uh, intellectual property, yeah. you know, or franchises that exist They're more that are, valuable to you, yeah, that can, that yeah. matter more to me. Yeah. But um, I do think that like the Last Airbender and an av- and a Dragon Ball Z live action, maybe not a movie, maybe like yeah. a short series would probably be. Yeah, better. I mean they're doing that with Avatar at Netflix. Oh, they're making okay. a live action because Nickelodeon and Netflix teamed up oh, together. Oh yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. So, um, but I feel like um, those would be shows that like I could have a lot of fun with. Yeah. 
just because it's like again it's like you if you're gonna work in a, a franchise you have to be a real fan of that show i mean you could be the kevin faggy i could <laughs> and uh and then to be able to also then like because i think when you're really a fan of something you can tap into like what what you actually loved about like yeah. what's at the core of that story what's yeah. at the heartbeat of it and it's like when you transfer it over to a different medium which you know animation to live action even though it's both movies it's totally a different medium yeah uh it's like you can still capture like what is it about ang that makes like avatar so good yeah you know and his relationship and his outlook and worldview on life what about the fact that like goku is like you're saying a lot of anime usually was more dark and kind of mm-hmm. depressing or like overly sexual and like goku with dragon ball z was just always this like fun loving yeah. innocent like yeah. happy go person like almost like he like had no sin yeah you know like he was he wasn't corrupted he wasn't he was just this innocent soul yeah who loved fighting and taking care of his friends and, yeah. and protecting the planet and it's like being able to like capture that character, yeah. you know, and yet still also have these like awesome fight moments and battles. It's like, I think a lot of that, yeah. uh, if done well, could actually create like a really cool. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's always the thing when you look at badly interpreted or, uh, adapted movies, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings is, is really well adapted because it kind of captures the essence of what J.R. Tolkien was talking about, yeah. you know, and the beauty of that. And they didn't like over sensationalize it. They didn't kind of make it unrealistic. And then you look at the Hobbit and it's like an anime yeah. <laughs> version, you know, yeah. like it really is this like weird cartoony like version of the Hobbit. And, and that was one of the things I watched this, uh, review of dragon ball z and now knowing kind of what you're talking about they definitely like the things they incorporated that it's like the fans will like this is like he wore a hoodie he ate a lot you know and it's like that's not really the essence right. of dragon ball z yeah goku did have a like bottomless stomach yeah and they would make jokes about him eating all the time but that's not the part of yeah. his character that i would really focus on exactly um, i mean would i put it in there just in the same way that you know in oceans 11 um Brad Pitt's character is always eating. Yeah, maybe, but yeah. not to the degree of like, hey, guys, look. Well, and you know? that was what they considered like fan service. Yeah. You know, I think if you're going to do fan service, you really, I mean, obviously Star Wars is becoming that now. Um, I didn't see the last movie, but like, that's why I heard constantly like, yeah, it's just essentially fan service. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason in Solo that like Darth Vader's, or Darth Maul's at the end of it, you know, because uh, they, before they even shot it, they were going to have someone else. And at the last minute, they're like, okay, we'll put Darth Maul in. Um, so it's just like these things where it's like not well thought out, not well constructed. Like fan service would be like really nailing Rivendell, really nailing Hobbiton. You know, like yeah. that's fan service. Making that world come alive. It's not just, you know, Peter Jackson definitely had his touch in how Lord of the Rings was told. Because if you read the book and the story, you know, it's told a little differently. But at the end of the day, it is still like a Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, I think the best service you can do to the fan is be true to the heart of the story. Exactly, yeah. And so Dragon Ball Z is like, all right, we're going to make this guy American, you know, white guy. We're going to do this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And but then we'll throw in him eating. We'll throw, you know, it's just like, no, that's not the heart of it. Yeah, and the heart of the story of Dragon Ball Z is really about the fact that, like, it's kind of like The Hobbit somewhat, that, like... um, or Harry Potter or any of these yeah. other ones where it's like Goku is the most unlikely person yeah. to be the guy who stops yeah. the total demolition of the, of the universe or the planet or the galaxy. Yeah. It's like he's, he ends up being our only hope 
And it's like, he's the last guy you would expect. Yeah. Um, and yet he always like willingly gives himself, even the fact that he regularly at the end of the fight is either sacrificed or lost in space or, yeah. you know, nobody knows where he is, you know? And it's like, and, and his wife never wants him to fight, but he does anyways, you know, and he's so eager and excited to like do his part. Yeah. Um, but he's always like way under overmatched yeah. and yet he always like rises to the challenge. Yeah, and that's that, the part, especially as like middle schoolers as a, like when you're growing up as a young kid, like you want to have these role models of people that like when challenges come, they rise to the challenge and overcome it. Even if everybody doesn't believe that they can. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's, you know, that's Voldemort against Harry Potter. Yeah. That's, you know, Vegeta against Goku. David Ruth Goliath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to go and see like the best stories told and why we kind of enjoy that. I mean, kind of goes back to Thor, why we kind of maybe didn't connect so much with Thor in the first movie because, you know, he's this powerful God and essentially like the thing he needs is his hammer, but he's still like super strong and, yeah. you know, like it just doesn't really, and even the thing he's fighting is like this faceless metal fire monster type thing. Yeah. And so like that movie, like you look back and it really is like just tasteless in a lot of senses. And so, but then you look at like Captain America, Winter Soldier yeah. and, and stuff like that, where it's this guy, literally the thing he protected and fought for, the government turns against him. Yeah. You know, that underdog story of, and it's just so much more powerful. It's so much more full of flavor. And, and so like, be interesting to go back and, and kind of see like how to tell stories well when the prat like what is your protagonist is it possible to have a good story where your protagonist is strong like uh the, the odyssey and the iliad you know like where he kind of gets lost to sea but he is still like himself you know he's still strong like that's the one where he comes back and he shoots the arrow through the axes right his wife needs yeah, to prove, yeah. you know. And so, like, there's stories like that. It would be interesting to see kind of how modern day you could tell that story. Because, like, that's the thing with Superman is we've never been able to really tell his story other than maybe the first Superman. Yeah. But, like, how do we tell that story well? Yeah. Um, well, and I do think, you know, I mean, a big part of what makes a good story good is is conflict and, like, the hero yeah. and risk. You know, like, what's at risk? What's, a, what's in danger? What happens, like... If there's nothing at stake, I guess maybe is a better way to put it. If there's not really much at stake, then what difference does it make? Yeah. Um, why why watch it if there's not anything at stake? And with, you know, Captain America versus Thor or Captain America or Thor versus Goku, it's like, you know, well, what's at stake? Well, every time before, like there's always like a, this person's coming and yeah. we have the 100 days or however many days to get ready for them. Yeah. Or it's this person's there and we need to go meet them, like go and like stop yeah. them. And we have this many days until we get there. Yeah. And so in every single situation, you always see Goku training and training and training. And it's like the hope is always like where you're at currently, Goku, there's no way you're going to beat this person. Yeah. But if you maybe, just maybe train hard enough, yeah. you might possibly, potentially, very unlikely, but maybe <laughs> yeah. be strong enough to match their strength. Yeah. Not be stronger than them, but match their strength. Yeah. And if you fight hard enough and passionately enough and give yourself 110%, maybe with enough effort, your strength that's equal to theirs will be able to win. Yeah. And so then whenever he does, it's always this big moment. Yeah. But I think to your point, like if he came in and was like all powerful immediately yeah. and like was absolutely going to win, like, well, then there's nothing at stake at all. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where then later with Thor, it's like you see his brother die, you see his hammer get destroyed, you yeah. see his, he loses his eye, he loses his entire like realm yeah. gets destroyed yeah and so it's like now what's at stake it's like well everything yeah 
you know, it's like finally he is not all powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And he's met, he's met someone who finally can stop him. Yeah. Um, and it's now he has to leave and go get a better hammer and yeah. become more powerful and start a dying star and, yeah. you know, has to do all that and show up just in time. And it's like, so once again, it's like, what's at stake again? Well, the whole universe is at stake. Yeah. If Thor doesn't get that hammer and, and, you know, and he believes he's the only one who can stop him. But last time he fought him, he got his butt kicked. Yeah. So it's like, it kind of goes back to that then Dragon Ball Z formula of like, all right, you got to train, you got to get the right tools, you got to become better so you can match his strength. Well, and that was also kind of the brilliance of Infinity War was that, you know, he does all these things and our expectation is like, oh, he won, you know, like he's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Like even when he gets stabbed, you know, and like the thing that Thanos says is you should aim for my head, you know, like that was that moment. It's like, ah, oh, even after all that sacrifice. And so Endgame was that great kind of yeah. seeing the hero who had trained, who hadn't given up. Give, he gave up. You know, he's overweight. He's yeah. got a big beard and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of like a fun little twist on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, even the fact that like Thor's biggest flaw is that he was arrogant yeah. and overconfident in the earlier, like his story arc of, of yeah. the MU. The first one. Yeah. yeah, of the whole kind of MU is that he's this beautiful god that, you know, can yeah. do anything. And the fact that he doesn't aim for the head, yeah, you know, it's like that's a flaw of arrogance, yeah. Because somebody who only knows they have one chance and one shot, and doesn't think that it's even then very likely, is going to go for the most vulnerable part, yeah, and not take any chances, yeah, you know. And it's like in in his in his uh, arrogance and folly, he aims for the wrong body part, yeah, you know, yeah. Ah, uh, it's great. So yeah. Anyways, uh, for. The- Anybody who's interested, <laughs> COVID nineteen still a thing. You're yeah. still stuck indoors. Yeah, it's not so at least sa- May fifteenth. It's not satanic or demonic, so don't worry, mom, or all the moms <laughs> out there. Uh, and focus on the family. Isn't trying to tell you not to watch it anymore. Uh, check out Dragon Ball Z. At the very least, it'll entertain your children. Uh, yeah. My little sister watched it with me just as much, so girls and boys can watch it. But obviously boys will probably enjoy it the most yeah. so they can run around the room screaming like they're turning into super saiyans uh but it's a it's definitely very entertaining yeah <laughs> well i hope you guys enjoyed stay safe keep washing your hands and we'll talk to you next week bye this has been a studio red production for more go to studioredmedia.com.